0: Hey everybody, my name is Alexis Flores, and this is Communications AF, real talk, more communicating. Every episode, I'll be talking to some brilliant, influential, and kind new and old friends about personal life stories, career moves, and everything else. And tonight, we'll be talking to Andrea Holland. Andrea is a public relations pro and entrepreneur with more than 15 years of experience. She's the founder of Dowd PR, a PR consultancy focused on early stage B2C Tech, the chief job connector at Remote PR Jobs that connects public relations and communications professionals with remote work, and the leading public relations author and instructor for LinkedIn Learning. While the majority of her career has been focused on public relations and communications, she is pursuing a master's in clinical psychology from Pepperdine University, and can now add life coach, and psychotherapist in training to her titles. Thanks for communicating with us, Andrea. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. We're here with Andrea Holland, PR pro and entrepreneur. Um, we're excited to have you here, Andrea. Thanks for Hi. being here. Thank you
1: much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have done so much in your career. I know it's been... Really short. You're still pretty young, um, but starting your own PR firm, Dial PR, which is tech and um, consumer, I want to say, as well as uh, PR jo- RemotePRJobs.com, which is a whole directory for PR um, gigs. And then you also have a couple different projects going on now: career coaching, masterclasses, just so much. How how did everything begin? Let's like, can we start with your family and how you grew up.
1: Sure, sure. And thank you for that. I'm, yes, I am still young. The late 30s is still young (laughs) in my opinion. Um, Thank you so much. Now I grew up in Northern California. So I'm California, born and bred, California native. Um, I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger sister who lives in Seattle and a younger brother as well. And my parents still live in our family home up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. (laughs) And you're located in Los Angeles now, are you?
1: I'm in Southern California, yeah.
0: yeah. OK, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I, made the, I made
1: the move down here. I went to college down here. Um, I, I went to UC Santa Barbara. And then uh, during that time, I thought, oh, I can't imagine leaving this, this beautiful place. But at the time, it was 2006, there really wasn't a lot of opportunity for um, employment in the tech space. And that's really what I was getting into. And so I, I moved back up to San Francisco for almost a decade after UCSB. And worked up there and then made my way back down here in 2014.
0: That's amazing. That's to take that leap is pretty big, um, both times for college and then also for your own entire career. How thank have you felt you, about it. it?
1: You know, it was going to college was, was harder for me. That, I will say that much. You know, I think a lot of kids are like, I can't wait to get out of here, can't wait to go to college. I had a tough time. Um, you know, and that could be for a variety of reasons. I was really homesick. I had a hard time being able to manage the academics and the social aspect of it. UCSB is obviously known for being quite the party school, but I I just had a hard time managing my myself and, and my life. My freshman year at UCSB, um, I kind of fell into a pretty deep depression. I had a lot of anxiety and winter quarter I actually failed out altogether. And It was during that time that my parents said to me, you know, why don't you get involved in something? Why don't you go join a sorority or something? And I always joke that was the famous last words because I ended up getting extremely involved in my sorority, but it helped me in in so many ways from the leadership positions that I held and the community of women that I became very close to that were just that support system that I needed and in turn getting my grades up and whatnot. Um, But I thought it was kind of funny too, because I'm also the first one in my family to go to a four-year university. And so when they made that comment, I was like, I don't know if they even know what that means, but it ends up being a really great thing for me.
0: <laughs> Definitely getting in- involved in clubs and organizations and fraternities and sororities are one of the best things that I did in my college experience. Um, so I can totally see why it helped you out. <laughs> um, and then that was, are you a part of the alumni um, chapters as well? Are you still actively involved or not as much?
1: I'm part of the alumni chapters um in my early 30s and when I was living in San Francisco I was definitely involved um as a chapter advisor, recruitment advisor, PR advisor and whatnot and I still tap in here and here and there for sure.
0: That's amazing. Again, you do so much and it's amazing how you're like you're able to hold and juggle everything and um and do so well at everything you do. You're definitely an inspiration for so many and I can totally see why people and and yourself are like really accomplished with it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then now you're also in your master's program at Pepperdine. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So, yes, after a 15-year career so far, it's not stopping, in tech public relations. So that has been the main public relations is what I've been doing for the last 15 years in a variety of different companies and agencies and modalities, which we'll we'll talk about. Um, I decided to start pursuing something that felt a lot more in alignment with what I felt like I wanted the next steps in my life to be. And that was a degree in clinical psychology, something that I've always been extremely interested in. And I, I've been wanting to pursue it probably for the last three or four years. And it just seemed like such a daunting thing, you know, in your late thirties to go back to school, to throw down that much money. And then I thought, you've got, you're here once, you've got one life. And it just really felt in alignment. and I. And I do believe there's a ton of synergies between PR and psychology. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure what it looks like. I actually just completed a six month life coaching program as well. And I'm working with people and it's extremely rewarding. Um, But career-wise, I'm not exactly sure what it looks like. I think, like I said, I think there's a lot of synergies between the two. And it's already been helping my PR practice immensely. Mm
0: Um, when I was in school, I actually studied sociology and PR and both of them just went hand in hand and they do like the synergy really is there. And I don't understand why more PR pros don't go also into sociology because it helps out, um, Mm -hmm. different perspectives for sure. It gives me, so it's great. And then how did, how did you get into life coaching?
1: It was great. You know, it was kind of, for me, it was me dipping my toe into the space in general Mm-hmm. I want to say like the mental health space, but I think coaching is not for even those that are considered like need, like mental help, mental health help. Not that that's a bad thing. I think we should completely destigmatize that as mm-hmm. well and normalize that. Um, but it's been really awesome and really rewarding and it teaches you so much. Even if you take a life coaching course and you don't ever want to work with clients or build out a practice, it gives you so many tools for yourself as well. And that's where I've seen a ton of value just in my relationships and how I've run my business is you know, these, it's it's like social, emotional learning, all those intangible things that we are not taught in school. And thankfully they are implementing this kind of curriculum in schools now, especially starting at a young age, but the social, emotional, intangible uh, learning is like, how do you connect with other people? How do you have hard conversations? How do you get to the root of what the core issue is? I think we skate through life so many times of, you know, this is the surface level problem. It's about this. It's about this. It's about this. It's never about what you think it is. And I think getting to the root of whatever that is, whether that's in your personal relationships, whether that's in your career, whether that's working with clients, like if you can solve for that, you're opening up so many more doors and you're getting more in tune with yourself as well. So I really enjoy it because it's taught me a ton about myself and helped me in my own personal growth. And a byproduct is I've been able to you know help other people along the way too, which just feels so amazing.
0: That is amazing. I know for myself, um, and you mentioned it earlier, it's usually not the thing that that we do talk about. It's something that we're trying to hide. Um, so going to like therapy and like having that instrument of of guiding my life, and then getting a career coach has been amazing for myself. And like it really opened up a, a new perspective in my life because I started seeing like exactly why i was doing things and like why i was hiding others it's exactly crazy.
1: it's not it's yeah. kind of crazy that it, it's never yeah. sort of what you think it's about i work with um I, I think pr is very naturally guided by psychology to be honest i mean when you when i'm working with business leaders or when i'm lazing with the press i mean so much of this is just human relationships and connection and learning how to tell an authentic story and if you don't have the tools to be able to do that you know, on, on an emotional level, right? Like that's going to be really challenging. So oftentimes when I work with business leaders and companies and helping them figure out their story, it often turns into a coaching session anyways. Anyway, because why? Because you're getting to the root of who they are, their why, their passion, their driving forces, and that's intrinsic. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to help someone pull that out, whether it's in a life coaching session, a therapy session, or, you know, as a PR executive working with a CEO, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, relationship building, I think the goal of PR too is, you know, you're building relationships between the organization, the leader, and the public, right? So how are relationships built? By understanding the psychology of how people relate to each other. So I think even, yeah, even going off on that tangent, I mean, it's always been really near and dear to my heart because I think a lot of PR professionals will find themselves naturally doing that
0: Mm -hmm. anyway. You know, you mentioned something—your purpose, your why, your passion. Like that's something I love talking to um, people about. What would you say is—is is your passion or your purpose
1: in life in general for making this career? <laughs>
0: yeah, in general, life.
1: <laughs> you know, let me—if I may—I'll make that question a little more specific as to why uh, this transition in particular. I think my why for moving into this new space of life coaching of psychology is for the last 36 years of the amount of people that said, wow, you have it all together. You've got it together. You know, you're so successful. You're pretty, you're privileged. You're this, you're that. I mean, and I'm not negating like a lot of these things. I've worked really hard, but you know, what hasn't been shared, you know, on social media, on the outward perception is the struggle, right? Mm -hmm. The struggle of all the things like me, like I'm a normal human like the rest of them. I'm just like, you know, the, the person down the street that's struggled with, you know, dynamics within her family or the person over here that's, you know, I once had a dependency on, you know, alcohol or a prescription drug or people pleasing or whatever it might be. Like I've had my own struggles along the journey along the way. And I think because of my own shame and guilt around things. Like I never outwardly, you know, said that a lot of people don't. Why would they? It's very uncomfortable. But I will say a lot of those things did get me to where I'm at. And so my why for kind of moving into this new space of wanting to help others through coaching, through therapy is really kind of trying to destigmatize all of that to normalize that we are all human and we are all on this journey and we are all struggling and guess what we can relate to each other a lot more than we think we can um you know by the byproduct of like if we're willing to be vulnerable with that and i remember the first you know post i put out or story i put out a few years ago about a struggle that i had and i put it on my social media and i was terrified i was terrified and i was shocked at the amount of people that responded back to me and were like me too Me too. Me too. I never would have guessed that you. I can't believe that. No, you're lying. You. I know. I've seen your life. You're so successful. You're this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? Guess what? You know. So that's a big part of my why. Yeah. Right
0: now. Do you you feel comfortable if I ask you about some of the struggles? Sorry. Do you um, feel comfortable if I ask you about some of your struggles? Sure. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So. you mentioned how people say that you're privileged and I want to say that I don't think privilege is necessarily a a thing. I think it's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember reading on your social media how, and um, also in your masterclass that I attended um, about your imposter syndrome. And I feel so many individuals go through that. Um, Do you feel comfortable in talking about your imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's really wild when you hear people that say that they don't they don't you know I think the best piece of advice someone ever gave me was that guess what no one knows what they're talking about
0: yeah that's very true
1: we're all doing the best we can um you know and I will say i spent years, I mean, almost a decade in corporate America. And yeah, sure, it definitely reared its head there. You know, who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be sitting in this room? There's no way that I could be good enough at this, you know? And that's an inward battle. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's something that kind of runs deep w- with anyone, right? It's like, you're, what do you believe about your own self-worth? And that can be rooted in all, all kinds of things, which is a different conversation. But for me, I think it really reared its head when I started my own business, you know, at the time I was barely 30 years old. So there was the, am I old enough? Do I have enough experience to do this? Who's going to listen to me? Right. And then there was, oh gosh, like how much do I charge for my time? I think that's where it really rears its head. Is like, cause then the question isn't how much do I charge for my time? If the question is, what do I believe my worth is? Mm-hmm. And again, that's rooted in something completely different right? And so it's a challenge for sure. Um, But what's really helped me along the way and along the journey of, you know, starting my first business and then my second and my third is this idea of like, no one knows fully what they're talking about, and we're all doing the best we can.
0: It's very true. I know. Um, I internalize so much, and I've seen more people, uh, specifically in like clubhouse area as well, uh, to talk about their struggles, their internalizations of how and why they do different things um, and those, quote unquote, those toxic traits that we have um, that we're now beginning to realize and seeing ourselves because, you know, we have to, I I mean, there's an entire pandemic um, going on. We don't, we don't get to see other people. So we have to really think about what we're doing and why we're doing different things um, to ourselves and to others. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree
1: more. I agree more.
0: Yeah. And then I also know that um, you spoke about on one of your social media posts, which I thought was very relatable, um, is asking for help. And that sense of like, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to do so it's hard to put away the ego or put that aside and then ask for help. Um, do you feel comfortable in talking about on on that experience for yourself?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I spent years, years and years in this, I can do it myself. I don't need anyone's help mentality. And I think that really stemmed for me of, that really stemmed for me that, it stemmed for me from this idea of like, I need to prove myself. I need to prove myself, whether that was to my colleagues who, when I left corporate America, they stayed in it. And I definitely had people that were like, you're not ready to do this. I had former mentors and bosses being like, you have no business going on your own yet at that age. Um, so for all, like, I think it was for the naysayers too, of like, I need to prove myself. Like I can show you, I think part of it was absolutely for my family. I was the first person to even, I'm the first person that's ever like started my own business in my family, like as an entrepreneur. Um, so I think there was probably a piece of that well of like, well, I'm going to show you, I mean, how many times I remember even like my parents, I mean, God bless them. They're, they're wonderful. And they have the best of intentions but like, so, you know, early on it was like, well, are you going to get a job? And, you know, it doesn't come from a place of malintent. I think it comes from the lack of understanding of like, this is what this could look like, like you know? And I, I felt like, well, oh, you don't think I can do this, you know? Now I think they look at it a lot differently. And that is, that dynamic has completely changed and they're my biggest supporters. But I think there's just a lot of fear with that, right? And so I think there was a lot of these people that were such naysayers at first, and, and it was a lot. Um, Made me feel like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. And then I realized that that's a very unhealthy place, unhealthy headspace to live in. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I don't have to prove anything to anyone, right? And so, you know, I, I just finally realized that it didn't really matter what anyone else thought, and that asking for help is not a burden or a sign of weakness, and it's a sign of humanness. And relying on others' experience you know, experiencing needs and and limitations and asking for help. They're all part of being emotionally strong. And I think it's all part of the human experience. Um, but yeah, it was, I had to start doing little things. It was like, I'm going to let, you know, my brother pick me up from here. I'm going to hire this assistant. I'm going to, and it was little stuff that to some people may sound really silly, but to me, if I was always like, well, if I can do it myself, why wouldn't I? but it's actually not about that. And then I'll say one more thing on that. It's like, when you ask someone for help, it makes them feel good.
0: Oh yeah, And I think
1: that's also really important.
0: It's um, hearing you say that, I feel like I can compare it to like a class projects when you're in a group project and um, you're basically the one who does everything. It's hard to relinquish any duty to anyone else because you're like, I want to do it right. And so who's going to do it? Who's going to do it better? Who's going to do it right other than myself? So I'm going to just take on all the work. Sometimes and
1: that's a tough spot. Go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's a tough spot too. I mean, I, I that resonates with me. And mm-hmm. then I have to ask myself, like, why do I need to, What what is this feeling of me needing to be in control? Because is it really about the class project? Why aren't I trusting <laughs> other people? Why don't, you know what I mean? Like, why can't I trust that this person's going to be able to? Because right. so then again, you're kind of looking inward to what is this really about? Because it's never really about the thing at hand.
0: Right, exactly. Um, I know <laughs> I know myself, that's something that I had to deal with specifically in college, because it, it's hard to relinquish um, those duties or to, in some aspects, trust someone to do it. And you, you really think about the outcome of how this is gonna affect you, or in my case, how it's gonna affect me and my grade. Um, but little by little, <laughs> just- asking the people to do their part of the work and, and just trusting the process of, it's gonna get done and it's gonna be good. It's, it's tough.
1: It I is? mean, the, yes. the the ego and the, and the control and the power, I mean, that's a really, it's a protective mechanism for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really easy to say. And I, again, like all the things that I would do on my own and I had a business partner say to me a couple of years ago, he's like, you don't need to do these things we can hire someone to do these things. And he's like, he was actually like, I need you to hire someone else to do these things because I need your brain clear. Mm -hmm. He's like, I need to clear up the space in your brain for other things. And I was like, when he phrased it like that, I was like, huh? Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. And it, it was a slow transition to, you know, starting to delegate, starting to trust, you know, and immediately you're kind of micromanaging because you're like, I just need to make sure they do it. And then putting trust in other people because you have to see the good in other people. Mm -hmm. And, and trusting that, you know, if you hire the right people, like they do want to do good work for you. Mm -hmm. And that's true. They do want, people want to do good work. People want to feel good. People want to feel empowered. So by giving that opportunity to people, I mean, you're helping yourself. Yes, of course, but you're really helping them in their own personal growth as well.
0: I think we um, we do subconsciously live in our minds way too much that we don't see our flaws until someone else points them out, and it's a it's a it's a tough so bite. true. <laughs> it's a tough bite to swallow for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I also uh, earlier you mentioned that your parents and how supporting and loving they really are. Um, I remember seeing, and I mentioned this earlier, but I want to mention it again, um, how I, on your masterclass, I saw um, your father on there and how he asked a question. And he was the first person to ask the question during the Q&A. And I remember I was like, man, I love the, the fact that he did that, the fact that he's on there um, supporting because it's so many um, first generations or so many uh, individuals who are studying their their business don't get that support. But I love the fact that even years after the fact that you have started this, they're still so supportive. They're still on your um, Zoom calls. They're, you know, <laughs> writing your little, uh, your 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 uh, like that, your recommendations. So it's really cool. I love that. Have they always been like that?
1: Yeah, I think you know, my parents have always wanted the best for me mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that's coming right? And I think especially specifically to my business, you know, like I said, I'm the first one to go to a four-year university. I'm the first one to start my own business. There were a lot of firsts. And I think there was a lot of unchartered territory. Um, I feel like, and you know, my family, my sister's a doctor. She's worked very hard and she's a pediatric anesthesiologist. It's also a known thing, right? So my parents let you my sister's a doctor. She works for someone else. We know what a doctor does, right? We're very clear on what this path looks like. And so I think it's easier to relate and ask questions about something like that because it's a known entity, right? Um, you know, my mom's a dental hygienist. Again, like a, a known entity. Like we know what this person does. You know, they work for someone else. That is, we know what this does. And again, both super admirable, amazing careers. So when it came to me, it was like, well, what you know, what what do you do exactly? Especially at first. At first, I remember. Um, you know, my parents always knew I worked in like marketing and PR, but I don't think there was ever like a super in-depth understanding of like specifically, like my specific day to day. And that was okay. And when I, let's see, it was 2014. And I remember I got my first thousand dollar check for a client. I was completely undercharging at the time for like everything, by the way. And I got my first check from a client and I remember taking a picture of it and they didn't say it in these words, but I remember getting the sense and the feeling of like, like, well, people are paying her to do something. She must be she must be good at it. And I think, I feel like it was when I started my own business and started consulting and started like building all my ventures is when they were really like, okay, now we really want to understand what you do. And that was really awesome. And that was really awesome. And now they definitely have an understanding. So to your point, yes, I had a master class a few weeks ago on how to start your own PR practice. And, you know, I send it to them. I'm like, cause for them, it's not about the content. It's about, we want to see our daughter speak, right? Which I feel so blessed that I have parents that are like, yeah, like I want to see my daughter speak. Cause to your point, it's not always like that. Um, it's not the content. And so, yeah, I don't remember what question my dad asked on the Zoom. I opened up the master class to questions and it's all, it's like 70 plus PR professionals. And then my dad, the retired firefighter, who I know is sitting at the kitchen table at our house, probably with his scotch being like, I'm going to watch my daughter's master class. Like how <laughs> awesome. So again, I don't remember what his question was, but I'm super grateful that he does chime in with questions. Yeah.
0: And he was the first one.
1: It was the first one. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was great to see um and now I know you still have a couple of different ventures um current projects that you're you're working on. Um we've talked about life coaching, we've talked a little bit about um your PR but do you want to get more in into Dial PR and and um, remote pr jobs.com?
1: Yeah, so Dial PR is the consultancy that I started in 2014 and yeah, now it's 2021. I had no idea at the time. I was like, maybe this will just be a couple of years. I'll, I'll try doing my own thing and maybe I'll get another job. And here we are. Um, and so, the consultancy, we work with early stage uh, consumer tech startups. My, you know, My experience is in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. So, that's a lot of my network as well. Um, and that's great. Like, I love working with clients. I, as of lately, I've been working with a lot of international startups and helping them with their entry into the States. And that's been super fun and i have a team of contractors and we pull in as needed i really like the contractor model and yeah and so then a couple years ago i started a job site for pr professionals mm-hmm. and it's called RemotePRJobs.com. and how it started i'll tell you i i was really burnt out at the beginning of 2018 like really just burnt out from work and life and i hadn't really taken a vacation in quite some time and I went to Greece for two months, which I know sounds like a luxury and, but I was very blessed to be in a position where I was able to do that. And I'm half Greek. Um, actually my mom's Greek. And so we have a lot of family and in Crete and I went for a couple months and just kind of zoned out. I really needed a hard reset. And during that time I was kind of thinking about new ideas and, you know, I had the consultancy going, um, I was also doing a lot of online coursework with LinkedIn Learning, so I'm a PR author for LinkedIn Learning, formerly lynda.com. But during that time, I was kind of thinking about just new projects, new ventures, kind of what's next. I was thinking about the psychology stuff at the time, but it wasn't as top of mind. And I thought, you know, there's really not one space, one website, one community, whatnot, that provides remote PR and communications jobs for freelancers. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of ahead of the remote work trend. I've been remote working since 2014. So very lucky that obviously when everything has gone down in the last year, that wasn't a huge shift for me. Like I knew how to do that. But as an early adopter to that, I do know that the resources were not as plentiful You know, and so I was very blessed, you know, leaving San Francisco and Silicon Valley. A lot of my work came through my network. It came through word of mouth. It came from former clients, but I recognize that's not the case for everyone. And so, and frankly, that wasn't always the case for me. Like in the course of running my business, there were some months where I was like, oh my God, how am I going to pay my mortgage this month? It, and it's very real and it's very scary. And so, you know, especially when you're (laughs) when that's that financial source is not coming from anyone but yourself. That's really scary. Um, And so the first thing I would do is I I, go to LinkedIn, I'd go to Upwork, I'd go to Indeed. I would literally be Googling like freelance PR work and I just would be taken to a myriad of sites. It was just a mess. It was too much. Half of the PR jobs were marketing jobs because people didn't know how to classify them because most people don't know the difference between PR and marketing. And I thought, this is, am I allowed to curse on here? This is a shit yeah, show.
0: Yeah, you can. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, I, thought, I, wonder, I wonder if there's just not that many available or if it's just, or just no one's done this yet. Mm-hmm. So I started off by just kind of testing the model and testing for viability and I have a cousin in DC who's in politics and he runs a very popular jobs list out there. And so I called him and kind of asked him a few questions on how he got started with it. And I kind of followed a similar model. And I started myself and I just sourced, I remember September, 2018, I just sourced 10 remote public relations jobs on my own. It took me a couple hours. I put them in an email. I just proactively shared it with about 15 to 20 PR colleagues and said, is this helpful? And they're like, yeah, of course it's helpful. These are like job leads, thank you. And I was like, okay. And so I did it again the next week. I did it again the next week. And before, gosh, within a month I had people saying, oh, can so-and-so get on your email list? How do I get on Andrea's jobs email list? Like there was no name for it at the time, there was nothing. And it got to a point where I was like, wow, there's a lot of people asking to be on this. So I threw the whole thing into MailChimp so people could subscribe. And for the first six months, this list grew 100% organically month over month. And I thought, okay, I've been testing for viability. I think we're solving for something here because people are clearly, there's a need for this. And I think that's, if you're an entrepreneur, I think there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's people that go in saying like, I just want to own a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I want to be that. I want the vanity of that and there's people that go in there saying there's a problem and I'm going to figure out how to solve it and that's really what this started for like I didn't know if it was going to be a business I was just seeing if it was a problem that needed to be solved so lo and behold like there I am six months later still doing this completely on my own now it's I'm doing I think 20 jobs a week hours of sourcing hours you know and I'm like okay like what do I do with this now um And so soon after that, I brought on a business partner. We solidified a website for it, got all our logistics in order. And now it's a full-fledged membership site where PR professionals pay like a nominal fee every single month. And we actually send them almost 130 jobs every single month. And it's PR. We expanded into communications jobs at the beginning of the pandemic because we really doubled down at the beginning of the pandemic because so many PR professionals were laid off or furloughed because PR is the first line item to go always. And all of a sudden you had all these remote workers who were looking for work and we were like, wow, who would have thought? And so we doubled down and expanded into communications jobs. So now it's PR, social media, content, internal comms, um, anything that falls under the the PR umbrella and the communications umbrella, excuse me. And that's been really fun because it's helped a lot of people during this time. And that in itself has been super
0: rewarding. Well, that's, so that's a huge focus. I, on, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually how we got connected is because I found your website and then I reached out to you on LinkedIn.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's I a love tremendous it. yeah, I
1: It's great. And you know, it's, it's four seasoned PR professionals. So it's four PR professionals that do have years of experience. And so they're in a position where they're like, I'm going to go freelance, but because of, I know you and I talked and I had a lot of students reach out to me and saying, okay, i really need help finding a job after college too. Like, can this help me and at the time? I was like, man, like this isn't really internships or like super entry level jobs. I mean, it required at least like four or five years experience. But because of that, and we started getting demand from students, we actually started rolling out a college edition as well with internships and entry-level jobs and, but we're partnering directly with universities on that. So universities to offer that to their comms departments.
0: That's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. How many colleges are you in now?
1: Oh gosh. Um, we just rolled it out last month. It's, it's less than 10 right now, but yeah.
0: That's amazing still, yeah, wow. Absolutely wow congrats
1: thank you so much it's hard I mean I remember getting my I did not get my first job through a job site or anything like that I knew somebody right Mm -hmm. and that's the story that's like the typical like I knew somebody right so but again like not everyone knows somebody yeah so how can we know them too
0: yeah your network is definitely your net worth I love that And then, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, And then I know right now during a pandemic, it's really hard to get that sense of, um, of comfortability during an interview, when it is over zoom, when you don't really get the sense of a personality, or um, you don't know exactly what's going on below or around the screen. Um, So it's it's harder to get those internships, it's harder to get those um, entry level jobs. And I mean, now it's it's not just the new college grads who are, who are applying, but it's like seasoned professionals who are also applying um, because of the entire pandemic and everyone who has been let go or furloughed. So it's definitely a, a mess, and I'm glad that you're you know, doing something about it and creating these solutions.
1: I'm doing my best. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure it's for everyone, even people who are still, who still have their jobs, mm-hmm. like less, less help from the, the team, or even if they're just like now, they don't even have a team. So it's definitely hard for everyone. Right. <laughs> How have you coped with the entire pandemic? Has it really affected um, your your businesses?
1: The first month of the pandemic, I lost all my business uh, for dialed PR, everything. Yeah, so that would have been I think it was April 1st. So I had probably three clients going into April, like Mm -hmm. ongoing, well, they were new clients actually, I'm trying to think. And I work with startups, right? And so it's kind of to be expected. Like we didn't know where this was going. We didn't know how long it was gonna last. They have to save their runway, right? And so I remember getting emails and calls like on March 29th and March 30th being like, I'm sorry, we're not gonna move forward. We're not gonna move forward. Zero income in April, 2020, and (laughs) I remember in that moment thinking, okay, you can completely panic or we can accept that this is where we're at right now. And there's nothing I can do about it in this moment, you know, and, and how am I going to redirect my energy at the moment? Because there's really nothing I can do about this particular thing in the moment. And I'm not saying don't panic. I definitely went through probably 24 hours. of be like, what the fuck am I going to (laughs) do? You know, I was very lucky that, you know, it's like I wasn't paycheck to paycheck. But still, I mean, we didn't know how long this was going to last. And so that month in particular, that's when my business partner and I actually doubled down on remoteprjobs.com. And we just started building it out and sourcing more jobs and just putting all of our time into that because I... I remember the conversation that him and I both had. We're like, I feel like this is gonna be something that can help a lot of people right now. And we have an existing platform. Let's see what else we can give and what else we can do. Um, so the first month was, it was just a pivot, you know, right? Like, I mean, like everyone, it was just a, it was a pivot. It was not how I thought it was gonna go. And I was like, okay, what, what can we do to help someone else right now? And wow, like what we have actually Potentially could really do that. So then we get into April, May. Yeah, I think end of May is when clients started coming back because they felt a little more secure. And like since then, I've actually been blessed to be very busy. Um, But emotionally coping with it, yeah, I live by myself. Um, So I'm not married. I don't have kids. I live by myself. That was really tough. You know, my family does live. My parents live 500 miles away. E. You know, I my it's a one bedroom condo, everything is closed, you know, unless you have like, or what people call it, like your quarantine where everyone's decided like who they're gonna see and not like you are very limited. And I remember at the beginning thinking like, how am I gonna get through this? Like, there's no one, like, I don't have anyone to go through this with. And I was looking at my friends that are in relationships or those that had families. And it's like, how am I gonna go through this alone? And that was really tough at first, because again, it was just so much unknown. And, you know, I think throughout the course of the last eight months, the relationship that I have developed further and solidified with myself has become stronger than ever. And it was funny because I always thought, well, I have a good relationship with myself. I love myself. Like, I'm good being alone. I think for, the, for a lot of the, I don't even want to say for the most part, I mean, it, was, it, was, it wasn't not true but the last eight months for me in terms of like my own personal growth that has really been solidified. Um, did a lot of working out still went through my life coaching program and just tried to connect with people like the best way I could, but I am, there were definitely days I went through the stages of grief, like everyone else did a lot of journaling. There were days where I was a mess and there were days when I was in total acceptance. And there were days when I was in total denial. And I just really did my best to let myself feel all those things.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it earlier how, <laughs> because we're so alone um, in some aspects of like physical isolation, we we really do have to spend so much time with ourselves. And uh, that's something that I've dealt with. I mean, I live with my family, but still um, I'm usually like for the most part in my room doing work or on the zoom calls or interviewing someone. And, um, and even then it's, it's, it's hard and I, I can have all the zoom calls, but if I, I'm also a a physical touch person. So I love giving hugs and, um, and so like not having that was really in some aspects, like unfulfilling for myself. And so then I had to learn like, Okay, how, how can I give those like hugs to people without giving them the hugs or like through a virtual um, sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and these hard conversations is exactly what gets me through it because it, it's a very mutually beneficial um, component I feel. It's showing it's the like- world. Yes.
1: Yes. And if there's, if there's one thing that I I hope so many people have taken away from this time, it's like, it's okay to be raw. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to look inward because guess what? We're all facing this together. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I think it's, um, we're looking for. It's, it's allowing us all to connect on this on, I'm saying this, it's humanizing all of us.
0: Mm -hmm. I think this
1: whole thing is just humanized all of us like because i remember one of the first articles i saw when this started was like what are you feeling right now i think it was an article in the atlantic it's like do you know what you're feeling right now because everyone was feeling something right and it's like you're feeling grief is what you're feeling you're feeling grief the fear of death whether it's for yourself whether it's for a loved one right and like everything that that stirs up and so what happens when you're grieving you go through stages of grief so Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, some days you're going to be in full acceptance. Some days you're going to be angry. Some days you're going to be sad. Some days you're going to be in denial, right? You know, and and I think just putting a name to those things and understanding like what the core emotion was that so many of us were dealing with is was arguably the most important thing that you could try to understand during this time.
0: Exactly. It, it's Again, it's so hard to do, but it's necessary sometimes. And for the most part, we, we don't want to because it's it's something that we're like tucking away um but feel good yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I, i'm glad that you're you're able to, to um to see that and realize it and then work through it so many people i feel i feel like now still need to do that <laughs> yeah everyone's yeah.
1: on their own journey
0: that's very true and um actually with some way a perfect segue to go into this is uh one thing I like to ask um is what do you think your strengths are? Um so many people I feel think about weaknesses and and they don't give themselves the credit that they uh they rightfully deserve so talking about your strengths I feel like is something that can boost this up. I
1: think I'm pretty resilient. Mm-hmm
0: see that for sure.
1: It's, I think that's the question that comes to mind.
0: I mean hearing your story for sure it's something that I, I can completely agree to. Um, it doesn't oh, oh, I don't want to say a weak person can't live through all this because we all go through different emotions and different um, uh, ways of life but for sure resilience is something that before, uh, when you were going to school, it sounds like you were very resilient and starting your own uh, businesses, resilience. And then during the entire pandemic, resilience, starting so your entire uh, life coaching program, that's resilience, starting a, a master's program um, is resilience. Like, congrats.
1: It's great to hear you say it. Actually, when you say it back to me, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true I,
1: I don't, that was, thank you that, that was honestly like i didn't know i mean i didn't know any of the questions you were going to ask me but like i hadn't really thought about that and like that was just kind of that was the very first thing that kind of popped into my in my head is is that i mean the second thing what i that i would say too that i think has been really helpful for me is i really try to live my life in a growth mindset and i think that's incredibly important like you have to be malleable Mm -hmm. You have to be open to change. And I think feedback is like the biggest gift. And, you know, I think I'm always trying to be the best version of myself. And you can't, how could you possibly know what that is unless you're willing to fail, unless you're willing to fall, unless you're willing to try. And those are really scary things like versus being in a fixed mindset where this is the way we've always done it. And like, that's. And that's comfortable for a lot of people. Um, but for me, I, I like living my life in the growth mindset and, and that's important to me. And I try and surround myself with people that that feel the same.
0: I love that. You're especially like um I say your 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 tribe attract, or your vibe attracts your tribe. There we go. Right, I write
1: that down that's a
0: good Yeah, it's my favorite thing because it's absolutely true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the way the people we hang out with really affects the way we live our lives that's true <laughs> yeah
1: it's true and you know I will say I notice a difference I definitely notice a difference with my own energy level and like what I'm you know, the conversations I'm having what I'm able to produce how I feel like and that a lot of that is dependent around like who I'm surrounding myself with
0: oh yeah so. yeah I feel They're the same way. Yeah. <laughs> um, before I let you go, I have a couple more questions. One is Do um, you have any tips or insights for people who are trying to branch out on their own and start their entrepreneurship?
1: Mm. Oh, so many tips, so many things. Um, kind of just what I off of what I just said, I would say fail as much as you can. And mm. Because if you're failing, that means you're trying new things and failure failure is not a roadblock i think it's really just a detour in the right direction someone said that to me once and that really stuck with me it's not a it's not a roadblock it's really just it's a detour but guess what it's, it's in a different direction i'll just say different direction not even right direction different direction That's um, true. and don't be afraid to ask for what you want because the worst that can happen is somebody says no mm-hmm. That and is the you, worst that
0: can happen. And you just pivot and go to the next person. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Just really know,
1: cool. let's see. I had to come up with one more, let's see.
0: Um. I mean,
1: I th- I personally believe that the path to, to any success in life, whether it's with your career, whether it's in relationships, whether whatever it might be, it's, it is far from linear. It is a jungle gym. And I think that ties into like the failing and trying new things because it's just such a it's such a gray area and you you grow and evolve so much so it's not linear it's not like if i succeed here this is going to happen if i succeed mm-hmm. here this is going to happen it's 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 about the journey with it
0: it's an entire roller coaster and you know it doesn't it's a roller
1: coaster <laughs> <laughs> roller coasters are fun
0: <laughs> they are they are
1: sometimes <laughs>
0: Love that. Um, And then uh, my last question is, I like to end it off with, you have to be blank AF to blank.
1: Okay, this is going to be tied in from a few things that we talked about, but I'm going to say you have to be emotionally resilient AF to succeed as a business owner.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) thank you
1: you're welcome
0: but yeah thank you so much for being here with (laughs) us Andrea
1: oh thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure to meet you and connect with you and definitely I've really enjoyed this conversation
0: hey thank you for checking out this episode of Communications AF to be kept up to date with the latest episodes please subscribe here on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps and follow us on Instagram at Communications AF I hope to communicate with you all soon AF.